We welcome you today. We're so glad that you are here with us and worshiping uh, with us this morning. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. So as a part of what we will be um, doing over the next few weeks is uh, we're going to be having, uh, if you're wondering why are we calling it This Is My Story, the reason why we are calling it This Is My Story is over the next few weeks we're going to be having uh, some individuals uh, that are going to be giving their story and sharing their story and uh, I pray that there's something in their story that will encourage you, build your faith and inspire you, challenge you. And so we're going to be doing that as a part of this is why we're calling it This Is My Story is that over the next few weeks we're going to be uh, doing that and hearing about the true power of God. I think so oftentimes we forget and we need to be reminded that what God has done is not all captured on this book, in this book. That God is still at work. God is still alive. God's still on the throne. God's still at work. In fact, even the Bible says that if everything that Jesus said and did would have been recorded, the world's could not have contained it. And so today we're going to uh, start off. And at this time, I'm going to ask Sister Debbie Owens is going to come. And she's going to share with you for a moment. This is the grand it is from, from behind the stage. We need like light. Where's the light board? We could just shine. Da-da! Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da! Praise God. Let's give her a hand clap today. Wow. Is this on? Oh. Only said I'm going to share my story for a moment. But if you had known me, you would wonder how in the world she's going to share her story for a moment. Anyway, a lot of you have heard my story about New York. You've heard my story about the drugs. But you haven't heard my story on how I got to the drugs. And as I was thinking about this when Pastor Joel asked me to tell my story, I was feeling out to God saying, what do you want me to talk about? There's a lot of chapters to this story. And he only gave me five minutes. Anyway, well, he didn't give me anything. I got nothing. I didn't know where to start. Until about two days ago, my husband said, Babe, how did you end up in New York again? Where did your story start? And wow, started trickling. The part that I have shared with a couple of people, but not a hundred of you. God said that my story started in my mother's womb. The setbacks were set up to get me where I am t- 
today. Well, I wasn't born in New York. I was actually born in South Carolina. My first 11, 12 years, I lived in South Carolina. No mother, no father. I was raised by my aunt. Well, first I was living with my grandmom. Then I went to live with my aunt. So, with that said, I lived the life of being abandoned for my first 12 years. My Living with my grandmom, I went through some things. I got molested. I lived with that. Went to my aunt to live with my aunt. Got molested. But she went to church. We went to church. Family tradition. You go to church. So about 11, 12, my mom decided to reach out to my aunt and says that um, she'd like for all three of her children to come live with her in New York. Um, I was abandoned by the two people who were supposed to love me the most, who were supposed to be there for me. So abandonment leaves a message to me that I was not valued. I wasn't important. I wasn't loved. So I grew up, I grew up feeling neglected, afraid to trust. You're talking about disconnect. I was so disconnected, disconnected with people, parents, just disconnect. I was rejected, emotional. So by that time, all of this stuff was buried down in here. It was buried. Went to live with the one that rejected me. Didn't know how to deal with her. Well, she lived in a one bedroom. That's where we lived, in that one bedroom. It was her and the three of us. I didn't know my brother was my brother until I was 12 years old. So we lived with her. She was, I guess, a little more established financially to care for us. So how was I going to let her love me? I had problems. I had deep problems. The deep, very problems became who I saw myself as. It was pain. I didn't know how to deal with the pain. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what to do with her. We went to church, even with my mom, we went to church. But it was never talked about. That relationship with Jesus. Let Jesus heal you. Let Jesus take care of your inner hurts. He can make you whole. He can put you back together. I heard none of that. So what I did, went to church, looked forward to get out of church to go smoke my joint to go booze it up. That's what I was living for. At the time, I thought that's what was helping me. So no change took place. As I gotten older, I, I just got hooked up with the wrong people. Graduated from high school, started college full-time, worked full-time, couldn't keep it up. So I quit. Actually, I was working and making $72 an hour. <laughs> $72 an hour. Six years, South Carolina. No, 12 years, 11, 12 years, 20 years, New York. Don't start adding up the years because then you're going to guess my age. <laughs> 20 years in New York. So while in those 20 years, the doors opened up for me to get involved with drugs. And I did. I had access to tons of money, tons of drugs. And guess what? None of that was still helping. 
none of that was satisfying. All of that, I was still dealing with those symptoms that abandonment had left me. I constantly kept seeking and trying to find peace, trying to be freed, actually free from my own, from my prison. I was in prison. So while living the lifestyle, I met a best, I met a friend, somebody I could cling to that I thought I, that I, I could trust. And I was, all those setbacks were set up. Pastor Joel mentioned my favorite word this morning, orchestrator. He is the master, the master orchestrator, the master orchestrator. I didn't know I was going to meet a friend that was from here in Maryland. We did the same things. We hung out. We hours in the morning. We did the same things, but we became friends. We both got married at the same time. We both had babies at the same time. Oh, she was my friend. The orchestrator orchestrated all of that. So when she told me she was thinking about moving to Maryland, I said, mm, I'm going to leave my job. I was on all that time and my family. I had nobody here in Maryland, but I was thinking. A couple of months went by. We had went out, so I'm on my way home from a club. I'm just walking along, tipsy as I can be. A man appeared beside me. I looked, so I'm thinking, okay, you a little tipsy girl. There's nobody there, but there was somebody there. There was somebody walking next to me. The orchestrator had begun his work. The man said to me, the man, but angel, said to me, God loves you. He gave his life for you. You are important to him. That started the tuggling at the heart that was filled with rejection, neglect, unlove, unimportant, no value. There was actually room for tugging, and it tugged. All those issues, the church, the family traditional church I was going to couldn't help. The lifestyle didn't help, and I thought, hmm. God wants to help me. Okay, the master orchestrator. So for days, a couple of months went by. I couldn't get away from what that man said to me. And you know, that man actually disappeared. But, and I looked around and I'm going, where'd he go? I thought, I said, okay, Debbie, you're just a little bit tipsy. But no, because what he said to me was come, kept coming back to me. It wouldn't leave me alone. It wouldn't leave me alone. So up to this point, everything I just shared with you were pieces of the chapters of my life. My past is not my story. They're just chapters. They are just chapters. 37 years ago last week, and you didn't even know, 37 years ago, I walked through Antioch, the apostolic church. Regina Pratt... Terry Tromley, Linda Washington, led me to a tank filled with water. Yeah. 
What an example. I am so glad you guys are still here today because I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm watching you. Um, God gave me a today's story. My story today. I sat in that church service. I heard the message. Listen to me. I heard the message. God loved me. He gave his life for me. He shed his blood for me and how important I was to him. Did I not hear that a couple of or a year or so back in New York from that man that was walking next to me? The master orchestrator. Oh my God. He is just so good. He's just so good. Of course, when I got baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, I felt like I had just started life. There was such relief. Someone who cared enough for me to release me from all the things and the feelings that I had buried down in here because of being abandoned. The Holy Ghost became that power living in me, giving me the power to be able to be set free. To be made whole. This is what God wants to do for me. He's no respect of a person. He'll do the same for you. The same for you. So as I moved to here, when I moved here in Maryland, I've been in Maryland 37 years. I told God, okay, I messed up my life 20 something years. I'm going to be fair with you. I'm going to see what you can do in 20-something years. Now, what did I say? It's been how many years? 37. So who won? Who won? The master orchestrator. The master orchestrator. So my mom, here he goes. He's at work again. She would come visit me about once a year here in Maryland. I said to myself, God, she's coming down here. She's a Baptist missionary. Is she going to go to church with me? Lo and behold, she would go, but she says, I don't like that preacher. I don't like that church. I left her alone. But when she came down here, she went to church with me. That was telling me something. Okay. There came, like, I guess about three years after that, she came to church with me. And who got the missionary got baptized again. <laughs> Mother Wright, she wanted Mother Wright to baptize her. She got baptized again because she had already been baptized. Okay, we, I, we, we, my, the, the Lord deals with you in layers. He was peeling back layers, dealing with all of my issues with abandonment. And one of those years, she came down and I was able to set her free. She needed to know that she was forgiven for not raising me. I needed to let her know that I had forgiven her. And that happened. She was able to, prior to that, she couldn't hug me. She didn't know how to hug. She would hug you with, you don't hug somebody like that. But there came a day I got a real hug. Now, the father met him once in my life. I, if I ran into him today, I wouldn't know him. But I got the father of all fathers. The father of all fathers. My natural father couldn't match up to him. He couldn't match up to him. I stand here today because of the blood of Jesus that flowed down from Calvary to a valley looking for someone like me. 
And you, you don't have to be in a valley for him to look for you. He, he created you in your mother's womb and said he knew you from your mother's womb. You may not have reached a valley, but there is a void and there is a point in that heart that has to connect with the master orchestrator because he is orchestrating your life. There is such power in the blood of Jesus. Power in the blood of Jesus. The blood that my Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, never, never lose its power. Never, never, never. Hallelujah. 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 For it reaches to the highest mountains and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, oh, it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. There's a verse that says, it soothes my doubts and it calms my fears. And that same blood, it wipes all of my tears. The blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose it will never lose well it will never come on somebody needs to say that it will never lose say it one more time it will never lose it's power. Oh, I think the Lord needs a hand clap of praise. I think the Lord needs some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Unless you can be seated. The thing that struck me as she was talking this morning as the Lord, that wasn't Sister Owens talking, that was the Lord talking. She was telling her story, but really she was speaking in the Holy Ghost. Ultimately, the thing that sticks out at me 
about that story and that I challenge someone in this room today with is what will define you? What will be the thing that defines you? Here's a woman that for 20 plus years, she got getting there close. It was like 20 something, 37. Like starting to put together math, like trying to figure it out. But here's someone that for years was defined by one thing. She was defined by her past. She was defined by what she went through. She was defined by what others said she was and how others valued. But today she stands here not defined by who someone says she was, but ultimately she stands here defined by who Jesus says you are. And you can sit here today and you can make a choice. And I'm not just talking to guests here today because that story, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was speaking to somebody here today that you're not just a guest. You come in every week, but you've allowed your past to define you. You've allowed the echoes of your parents, the echoes of your friends, the echoes of your aunts and your uncles, the echoes of a neighbor, the echoes of a boss, the echoes of a teacher. You've let them define you, but ultimately that's not what defines you. I can let that define me. I can let the situations and the hurts of yesterday define me. And, and it's amazing today. And, 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 and you, you, it, you see people. And it's amazing when you start to hear stories. And you hear stories of people that are here. And, 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 and it would be awesome somehow today. I, I watched the expressions on faces as, 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 as Sister Debbie was speaking. I watched the expression on faces as people listen to that going, man, I had no idea that your life was, I had no idea that was like that. Because you see now such a different product to that. You see someone that's so different than that. And it, it's amazing to me. You come in contact with people and, and, and everybody has been through so much. It's, I mean, you don't find very many people that said, you know what, I grew up, everything was perfect. I had problems. I'm okay, I'm 100%, no hurt, no pain. You don't find people like that. You find people that talk about the abandonment. You talk about people that deal with divorce, death of a parent, issues in the family, being molested, being taken advantage of. You hear that story now. It's become so common. But you know what? Sometimes we can kind of slip into the victim mentality that says, you know what? My life hasn't been fair. Because it's not been fair, then you know what? It's just the way it's going to be. And I'm not here today to in any way diminish what has happened in your life. In no way today am I trying to diminish the hurt and pain you've gone through. But you cannot let that be your defining moment. And you know what, ultimately, can I challenge you with this today? And I'm, that's not where I'm going. I'm just stop for a moment and challenge somebody. You're going to have to stand in judgment next to us. Sister Debbie, Mother Owens, you're going to have to stand next to someone like that. And you're going to have to say, but God, I would have done this. But you know, God, I, I, I went through a lot. But God, I would have done that. But, but you know, I just couldn't get over the hurt. 
Well, you say, well, you don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. He does. And I don't think that he was, you know, let's just go back from it. Let, let, let's, let's, let's replay, okay? Let's just replay it. All right. I'm going to be Jesus for a moment. Ready? I'm on the cross. My back is bloody. It's bleeding. I can't even begin to even describe to you the pain. It's so immense that it basically I don't even feel the pain anymore because the pain is so overwhelming my body. I've got crowns of thorns on my head that are pressing into my skull. I've been beaten on my back. I'm rubbing up against this tree that every splinter is agonizingly ripping more flesh off. I've got a nail in this arm, a nail in that arm. I've got nails through my feet. They have beaten my face to now I'm unrecognizable. And on top of that, they have poked me in my side. I'm bleeding out of my side. I've got all this stuff happening to me. Oh, by the way, I prayed so hard that I was sweating drops of blood. And I'm on that cross and I'm thinking, man, I guess I should have done more so I could really reach so-and-so. It may work for the people that don't really, that are okay, but I guess, you know, I wonder what I could do even greater to be able to forgive them. Because what you're saying today is, you know what, God, your blood, it's okay for, for a Debbie. It can help Debbie, but you know God. You know me. No. We say it this way. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. What does ultimate sacrifice mean? He paid a sacrifice that you can't top the sacrifice. Let me ask you this. What more could he have done? He gave everything he had. Why? Because there's nothing too great for my God. There's no pain in this room. I, I, I've, I've totally left this, left these services up to God. I didn't even like, and I don't mean to say this that I don't prepare. I didn't even prepare a message for these services because I knew that the people that are going to come, they're going to preach the message, and I'm just going to. Follow the Holy Ghost. And today, it's not just about, you can say, well, you know, we're reaching people. Oh, no, 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 no. The Holy Ghost said, I don't know. I'm not just reaching for people that are new. I'm reaching for some people that come here every week that you need God to help you today. You need the Lord to finally allow you to have some healing that you can finally quiet the voices of that your past that have defined you. The voices of the past that you still try to shake that still in the echoes of everything God has done you still have those words that said you're no good. I remember years ago I was with my father. He was preaching and he was walking back and forth and 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 and, and in the middle of his message, he was right. There was a center row just like this. In the middle of the message, there was a man sitting right on the right. Very nice looking dressed young man. Just like Bran is today. You would never guess anything. You would see him. You wouldn't even think anything of it. Just really had a great family. Was a part of the church. Looked like he was. I mean, you just, you, you just thought he was probably one of the main people there. Just had that. He, 
had that, he worshipped well. I mean, he worshipped God and he prayed. It was awesome. And Bishop Wright's walking back and forth. And he's like this. And he goes back here. This was in Richmond, Virginia. He goes like this and he goes, looks over to this guy. And the Holy Ghost spoke to him. And he looked at this guy and said, your dad never told you he loved you. Here's this guy sitting, wife there, kids right there. Looked like absolutely had everything going for him. He looked at the man and said, right in his eyes, said, you know what? The Holy Ghost just spoke to me and told me, your dad never told you. He loved you. This guy, he's probably 50 years old, 45, 50 years old. Literally, in the middle of service, just like this, quiet moment, he spoke that, and this guy just went, Oh! It just sort of like hit him. He just broke open. It was like it was like this dam he had had in him, and the word of God hit him, and that just went. He just began to shake and sob and weep. Bishop Wright put his hands on him, began to speak the word, and in that moment right there, God healed that man. You know what? I I, I preached last night in the youth service. I preached this. The Bible says, if your hand offends you, cut it off. If your foot offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. And basically the gist of that is you can go to heaven with things in your life. You can make it to heaven with hurt. You can make it to heaven with pain. You can make it to heaven not with a perfect life. But you know what is so awesome about my God? It doesn't have to be that way. You can make it to heaven that way, but you don't have to go to heaven that way. Because his love is so amazing that you don't have to stay the way you are. Some of you have heard this story. I tell it again and I finish with this. I'm not preaching today. I'm just talking. You've heard me tell the story. Years ago now, I was preaching in Hawaii and... uh, I, uh, the Lord had given me a, a message and the message was entitled Getting Your Past Out of Egypt and told the story of how Moses ran from what he had done. He had killed the Egyptian, ran out to the, to the, uh, to the, the Bible said the backside of the desert. And he's there and he's hiding for 40 years. And God appears to Moses and tells Moses, go back to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And when you begin to think about what that meant for Moses, and Moses goes back to that, has to go back to that moment. And Moses tells Pharaoh, he says this, let my people go. But I really believe within that context that God was really speaking through Moses. And and Moses was not only saying, let my people go, but Moses was really saying, let my future go. Because Moses' future was locked up in Egypt. And Moses could never go to where God was taking him until he first went back and dealt with what was left in Egypt. You can't, some of you today can't go forward until you first go back and you deal with what you left buried in the sands of Egypt. God has called you and you've had your burning bush moment. And as awesome as that has been, until you face your Egypt moment and you tell Egypt, 
You let my future go, you can never see where God's going to take you. And he had that moment where he stood there and he spoke and said, let my my people go. And really what Moses was speaking was let my future go. And I'm talking about this. The Lord is moving. And at the end of this sermon, there was a man sitting right over here. And he, and, and, and he was a native Hawaiian, which means he had a Samoan background, which means he was about 350 pounds. And it wasn't 350 squishy pounds. It was 350 pounds of man meat. That's the best way for me to describe it. It was just 350 pounds of man meat. I mean, literally, he just looked like he could snap me in half. I mean, Brother Jolin is a big guy. He looks like a big guy, big shoulder guy. And if this guy stood next to Brother Jolin, you'd say, look at that little guy standing there. Who's that? And I'd say, that's Brother Jolin. you go, my God, that, this guy was, I mean, he was huge. And so I'm... I'm, I'm speaking, the Lord is ministering. The Lord is, was such a sweet move like God's in this place today, touching some of you. It was there. And man, right towards the end, he gets up and runs to the back. And I'm, you know, when you're preaching and someone does that, <laughs> you get a little nervous. And when he's 350 pounds of man meat and he jumps up and does that, you really pay attention. Because I've heard the stories. I mean, my dad tells the stories of people that got mad and punched them out in the park. I'm like, oh, man of Jesus, help us, Lord. I'm trying to think, what in the world have I done, said? And I'm, I'm, I'm actually not joking with you. I'm nervous. And he's back over in the corner. He's right over in the corner of this. And we were in this community center. And he's back over in the corner. He's shaking. I mean, he's shaking. He was, I mean, literally shaking. And actually, at the time, Brother Whaley was with me. Brother Whaley and I were there. And Brother Whaley goes back and talks with him. And he's talking to this guy. And this guy, I mean, like, he is just shaking. And I figured, you know what? If I'm going to die, dying in the house of God is the best way to go it. So I went back there. And uh, I stepped in front of him. And he's standing in front of me. He's just, I mean, literally, the guy is shaking, man. He is shaking. He's, 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 he's Samoan, but he, his face is turning red. I mean, he's just, he, he's just, and I'm, he's looking at, and I walk back there, and he looks up, and he has this look in his eye. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, help. <laughs> Can you quick tell my wife, call her, tell her I love her, I'm done. When he gets done with me, there'll be nothing left. And I said to him, I said, I don't know, it just, this came over me. I said, you know what? God wants to do something special for you today. And we were standing. He's standing. He's standing in front of me. And we were standing. So it was a square room. He's in the back. And he's standing facing this way. And I'm facing him. And the, there's a wall behind me. And the wall had a window. And it had a window because it was a community center. And I'm standing there talking to him. And I, and, and I looked out of the window. And, and out, out several hundred yards in the window, there was a cemetery. And I told him, I said, you know what? I said, and the Holy Ghost just spoke to me. It wasn't me. I didn't know. Too, mean, too much time we give too much credit to the man I'm just, we're, or, or the woman. It's just God. And I didn't know this. I just looked at my, and I looked up. I saw the cemetery and I said, you know what? I tell you what God wants to do to you today. He wants to take your past, just like the, that cemetery. God wants to put all your past 
and bury it away, not for you to bury it, but he wants to bury it away in his blood. And he wants to give it all, get all your past buried away in his blood. When I said that, the anger left and all of a sudden this agony overtook him. And this big 350 pound man meat of a guy just suddenly swelled up with huge tears and tears just began to stream down his face. He grabbed his stomach and he he fell over. He began to just cry out. Just cry. He couldn't even pray. He was just, just, just sounds were coming out. That was basically all that was coming out. Spoke to him and prayed for him. And, and so I prayed for him for a few moments and, and I felt the Lord had given me the release. I walked away. And after it was done, the pastor came up to me. His eyes are like that big. And he goes, do you know what just happened? And you know, when you're visiting somewhere and you're, you have the pastor come up to you and ask you, do you know what just happened? Your immediate reaction is, what did I do wrong? Who did I offend? And how quickly can I get on the plane because I need to go? And I'm thinking, what did I, I know I did something wrong. Because I made this guy mad, so obviously he's told you that I did something offended, I said something wrong, and he's mad, and you never want me to come back here again. He comes up to me, eyes big, and goes, do you know what happened today? And I said, no, I don't know, but please um, tell me. He said, that man that was sitting there, he's been in the church now, he's been in the church for, I don't know how long, years, it's been years, been in the church He was part of the ministry team. He actually played music in the church. And uh, he said, you don't know what happened today. I said, no, but please, someone tell me. Please, somebody tell me. He said, as you were praying, the Lord, as you were preaching, the Lord was just working on him, working on him with stuff in his past, things in his past. He said, and finally he couldn't take it anymore. He, He was so mad he got up the back. He said he was sitting there and he's, all this anger was in him. And he said, when you went back there and you spoke to him, and he said, when you looked out in that cemetery, he said, you didn't even know what you were doing. You looked out in that cemetery and when you pointed and you said, God wants to put your, your past buried away, and you pointed at that cemetery, he said, you didn't even know what you were doing. I said, well, please tell me. He said, he grew up in this neighborhood. This is where he grew up. In fact, he moved away, but he would come back as a small child, just much like Mother Owens, who was 8, 9, 10. He said every time he would come back and visit, he had an uncle that would repeatedly molest him, repeatedly over and over again. It got to a point where it was so bad that literally it was happening every day he came. He said, but you didn't know this. His uncle's buried in that cemetery. He said, that very cemetery you pointed to, that was where his uncle was buried. And when when you said that through the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost finally broke that bondage of shame that had kept him. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't a lucky guess. I didn't know that. God knew all of that. 
God do it all. And God loved that man enough. He could have stayed. He was in church 15 plus years. He could have kept going on. But God loved him enough that he sent me 6,000 miles to speak a word to that man that he could be healed and set free. I know today some of you, that's not what you came for. Well, I can feel the resistance in this place and it's not the devil that's resistant. It's some of you that are going, I do not want to deal with this today. You know what? You keep kicking the can. You keep letting that, vo- letting that, letting your past define you. But I serve a God. I serve a God. It was testified today. I serve a God whose blood reaches to the highest mountain, flows to the lowest valley. I believe today God wants to do something in someone's life if you'd let them. I believe today that God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring restoration. God wants to bring hope. God wants to quiet the voices of your past once and for all. But Brother Ryan, I come here every week. Oh yeah, you do. But yet every week when you leave out of those doors, the voices of God are quieted and the voices of the past and the accusations of who you are begin to echo. You can choose to be defined by those or you can choose to be defined today. What are you going to let define you? What are you going to let be your definition? I serve a loving God. I serve a loving God who loved a young lady enough that in the midst of her sin, in the midst of her pleasure, in the midst of living her life and doing her own thing and going the wrong direction, that God loved someone enough that He sent some angel, somebody on a street walking next to somebody who was drunk but was where and said, God loves you. That's how much God loves me. That God is willing to reach out past my hurt, past my pain, past my difficulties, past my mistakes. You know what? Some of you today, not only are you being defined by what others have done to you, but you're being defined by what you've done to yourself, the mistakes you've done to yourself, the things you've done to yourself. And you can't see anything that God's doing in your life because the only thing you can see is what you've done. But that's not what God has today, folks. Oh, we need to right now, we need to close our eyes and we need to just let the Lord talk to us right now. Come on, we need to talk to the Lord. The Lord is in this place. The love of Jesus is in this place. There's healing and hope in this place today. There's restoration in this place today. In the name of Jesus right now, by the power of the Word and by the authority of the name of Jesus, I lose healing in this place right now. I lose the healing in this place. I bind up the wounds of the broken hearts. I bind up the wounds of the broken hearts in this place. And I pray, I speak healing. Come on, if you're not praying for yourself, I'm asking you just reach over and find somebody next to you and pray with them. Come on. If you don't feel to pray for yourself today, that's okay. But can I get you to find somebody and pray with them? Come on, God wants to bring healing in this place today. God wants to bring healing in this place today. Oh, today can be your defining moment. 
you'll be able to say, hey, remember, remember, remember March 19th, Sunday morning, March 19th. That was the day that God healed me. That was the day that God set me free. That was the day. That was the day. Oh, 